Hey there, I'm Ashley and I'm a proud mama of two beautiful kiddos, a wife, a health and wellness coach, and a middle and high school shop teacher. Hi, I'm Roberta, mama, wife, educator. I'm an entrepreneur and homeschool mom navigating the work, family, social life balance. Together, we will discuss various topics near and dear to our hearts for teachers and mamas, like routines, health, habits, self-care, and so, so much more. Living a healthy lifestyle is for everyone from young children to adults. Health, wellness, and emotional and social well-being starts at home and should be expanded upon in the classroom. Everyone can benefit from the Teacher Mamas podcast. So if you're ready to learn some helpful tips, let's do this thing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 49. Super exciting, by the way. Make sure to tune in next week for episode 50, which also happens to be our one-year anniversary. So make sure to check that out next week. But today we are going to talk about back to school and how we can prep our kids and make sure that they are ready to go back to school. So before we get into the meat of the episode, we want to start off with some gratitude. So Ashley, what is something you are grateful for? Ooh, usually we prep this and I didn't even prep it. So I'm just going to throw one out there. Um, We signed up Sadie for old time school this week and she is there right now Colton is out in the living room watching Cowboys of Mumesa (laughs) I don't know if any of you have heard of that it's a show from when my husband was a kid but anyways he's being busy with that and uh Sadie's at old time school so it's fun they get to like churn butter and do like laundry the old-fashioned way and she gets she's got her cute little overalls on today so she was very excited for that how about you what are you grateful for I am grateful that the day yesterday went well. I think I've mentioned in a previous episode, if you'd listened back in January, my birthday's in January, and I just really do not like the winter weather. And so I decided rather than like force a birthday that I didn't enjoy, I told everyone in my family, we're going to celebrate on my half birthday instead, which happened to be at the time of this recording yesterday. So it was the end of July. And so we, we made a plan in January, we made the plan to go out to a lake and spend the day kayaking and swimming and just kind of hanging out at the lake. Um, And we got really lucky because we were able to go out to the lake and enjoy it in between storms. It stormed uh, right before everyone got to my house and we looked at the radar and saw a break. So we made it out to the lake and spent a couple of hours out there and then Basically, right as we're all getting back into our car, it the sky unleashed a very heavy downfall. So, um, and then it started thundering and lightning. But we had a couple hours of fun, and we were able to come back to my place and have a nice supper and some yummy brownies that were egg-free for my little man, and everyone liked them. So it was a good, it was a big win. Awesome. Yeah. All right, so let's see how we can make sure our kids are ready for back to school. A lot of it is uh, up to us as the parent, especially for younger kids. I think um, the older the kid, the more involved they should be in prepping. And high schoolers, I don't expect them to be able to do it by themselves. I think they become a certain age and we 
see them as adults in one in some ways and not in others and they're still going to need some scaffolding and support in this area and uh, maybe some questioning to help them figure out what they need so with everything that I'm talking about, if you are a parent of a high schooler, just think about how can you have this conversation with them instead of making the decisions yourself. But so we, we start out by thinking about the morning and the schedule changes based on what activities your kids are in. So start out just thinking about that first month of school and think about the daily and weekly schedule for those first you know few weeks or months and kind of do like a time blocking activity to figure out what that schedule is gonna look like. Are there after school activities? What days are those after school activities? And think through that. And then reverse engineer your morning, like thinking about what time do they have to go beat for the bus? Sometime, you know, one thing we're dealing with this year is the bus time is probably gonna change. The bus stop itself is probably gonna change. So we have to rethink that versus last year. And so just thinking, being active and thinking that through and then reverse engineering your morning. Um, how long will each thing take that needs to be done and figuring out then what time do they have to wake up to be able to get everything needed done by the time you have to leave. And there's so much more we could talk about here uh, with morning routines, but we're gonna leave that for another day. And if you're intrigued, go head over to our dream routines for kids where we talk much more about morning routines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Either making a morning and nighttime routine chart, which is what we use in my house or like what Roberta uses is a PowerPoint with like visual timers and, and that kind of stuff uh, to get them moving through their routine. Either one could work for anybody, which is why in our little course, we, we include both of them. So, and we give you the templates for everything. So all you need to do is plug in the words that work for your family or the pictures or whatever. Um, and it could be done in, in afternoon if you really wanted to, and it would be the perfect time to start right now for those of us that don't go back until after labor day, because getting our kids in this routine now, even if it's not like waking them up at the exact same time that they would leave or whatever, at least you're practicing the routine with them. And then you can kind of start setting their bedtime back a little bit and a little bit and a little bit. But I think we'll talk about that in a minute. So I don't want to get too far into that. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. We'll be more so, the logistics part of it now, Roberta, if you want to take yeah, that Yeah, I think a lot of this we assume will either come naturally or they'll remember from last year or you know, last school year or um, we never really truly think it all the way through. So some things I've thought about is making, make it, making it very clear about where will the backpacks go? Where will they go when they come home from school? Where would they go before bed? Um, different things like that. How will, uh, another question is, how will you as the parent know if your kids have homework or notes from school? How are you, how do you know that? Is it an app that's part of the school that they send things that way? Is it going to be in a folder? How do you, how will you know if they have homework and when will you check their backpack? How will you put that into your day? As a teacher, it was one of the most annoying things when I would have parents come to me and say, well, I didn't know about this, or they never told me they had homework, 
Well, of course not. It's in their backpack, though. <laughs> in their backpack. And it's probably been a note that's been sent home multiple times and still in the folder. So know your, your policy, your school's policy on that. And I am so how will you take responsibility for that? I'm so guilty about this. So what I'm going to start doing is, um, because I feel like we've had too much in our nighttime routine and then it takes too long to actually like get to bed. And then it ends up being a struggle. I think what I'm going to start doing is habit stacking some things onto dinner time. So it doesn't mm-hmm. all get added on right at the end of the night. So after dinner, we, you know, clean up a little bit and then we, um, get our homework out of our backpack and we check that. And, um, I know it is in our notes here, but I'm just going to touch on it right now. Uh, my kids especially need a break after school. They cannot go straight into homework. It is. And I think, I think that's probably true for pretty much every single kid they've been going all day long. They need some break time. They need to let their brains rest. (laughs) Um, I know on the way home for us, sometimes I will let the kids watch a TV show um, because we have a, a TV in the van. So we let them do that. Maybe not every single day, but if it's like I'm especially the first couple of weeks of school where I know that they're going to be exhausted and it's something that I just don't want to fight with. I'll probably just let them watch a movie because then when we get home, they're more like open and, and like a little bit more rested, I guess you might say, and ready to maybe talk more about school. I know trying to talk to my kids after school about how school went is never a good time to talk about that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So yeah, maybe doing a little bit of like figuring that out. When are you going to have it stack this stuff into your night basically? Right. Right. And then I think just knowing your kids is the important part here because I was completely the opposite of, of all of that. I wanted it done right away. So I didn't have to think about it and worry about it anymore. And I think that my daughter is the same way. She'd rather get it done. So there, and, and I don't think there's only these two experiences. The important part is knowing what's going to work for your kids, not thinking about what you'd rather have as the parent, because that can just end up with a lot of headbutting, but what do they need? And if they need a break, it needs to be a structured break. It needs to have a time limit. There needs to be a time for the homework so that it doesn't get pushed aside. And then beyond that, it's also thinking about how, if there's homework, how will that be completed on a day that has extracurriculars after school um, or something extra, a doctor's appointment, or when will that get done? Or how important is the homework for your school? Is it graded? Is it not graded? So on a day that's super busy, I think it's totally okay to say, is this the priority or isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, because a lot of times stuff gets sent home and maybe that's just a conversation you need to have with your teacher. Like, hey, when you're sending stuff home, is it a requirement that it comes back? Or is it like a, hey, if you feel like doing it tonight, do it? Yeah. Yeah. Is it extra practice or is it graded? Is it going to be added to the grade book? So yeah, definitely figuring all of that out is going to be important. And obviously I think there's some nuance there where it's going to be different for the elementary age kids and like middle and high school. Like if they're coming home with, don't they need to write an essay? That's obviously homework that they probably need to complete by a certain deadline, but knowing what those deadlines are. I'll even add in here, like most high schools now have a 
way of communicating with the like teacher or just checking what your kids are actually doing in class with an online learning system. Um, like we use Schoology, some schools use Google Classroom, but we always get parents at like parent conference time saying, well, I, I don't know what my kid's supposed to be doing. And my response is always not so much in my class. Cause I really don't use it. Cause I'm a shop teacher and most of our stuff is hands-on, but like in their English and social studies and science, you know, like where they're doing more um, mm -hmm. like book work or stuff like that. It's usually in the online learning system and you can see exactly like the teachers, a lot of them will post something daily. So you can go in on the parent side of things and look at what your kids are doing every single day. And so then when I have parents who come in and they're like, well, I don't ever know where to find grades or where to find this pretty much. I think every school in this century right now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and this even started over 10 years ago when right. I was doing homework help with my brothers who are in high school, like this, right. this started way back then. And it's been fine tuned and it works really well. You just have to know your login and get in. And so figuring all that stuff out before school even starts is going to yeah. be so much easier for you as the parent, because then your kids aren't going to give you the excuse of, well, I didn't know I had homework. Well, I didn't know I was supposed to do this. Well, actually you right. did because your teacher literally put it in the online learning system today and they probably told you in class about three times too. <laughs> right, right. And so not just as a parent, I think it's knowing how to log in. It's um, knowing how to navigate it. You know, there are tutorials on pretty much every uh, site that you can look up. Um, but then it's also taking it a step further and planning out when you're going to check it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and depending on your kid, you might have a kid that's type A and they're going to be really on top of it all and you don't have to check it as often. So maybe you check it once a week. Mm -hmm. There's others that they need more help with planning and structuring this. So they're going to, you might need to check daily and check with them daily. So it's right. no, again, it's just, it all goes back to knowing your kid and knowing what they need and and I think we should do an entire episode on homework because I have way more that I could say, but I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so I added in there was um, chores. Like if you have daily chores that you want your kids to do, do you oh, use yeah. a chore chart? Um, we decided yesterday that we need to start using a chore chart because literally every time we ask our kids, well, the older one to do anything, it's pretty much the end of the world. So mm. We're going to start using the chore chart, probably with stickers, and then there will be some sort of reward afterwards for doing it, not just doing it, but doing it without complaining and doing yes. it the right way. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we've been using the chore chart for a couple of months now, and we ended up having the caveat of uh, like one of Izzy's is to empty the dishwasher. I'm like if I don't have to remind you more than once is okay. If mm -hmm. I have to remind you more than once, then... You don't get your sticker. Then you don't get your sticker. Yeah. All right. So there are some other things that we can think through before uh, the school year starts to help our kids be ready for school. And um, one of those things is, um, and we'll talk more in depth about this in a few weeks, but just thinking through your meals um, during the school year, what time do you want supper to be? Um, when... They have after school activities. Will that change when supper is? And just thinking through 
are your kids going to eat breakfast at home or at school? I think some of the programs that were in existence during the pandemic are not this year. And so there was a lot of like free breakfast, free lunches. And I don't think that's as much, um, I don't know if that's state by state or if that was a national program. I can't remember at the moment, but I know that changed. We got an email from our school that it's back to normal. So um, really taking some time to think through, are you going to pay for breakfast at school? Is that paid for by your school? And do you even want that? Or do you want your kids to eat at home? Also like checking out what they're serving because Mm -hmm. I would see what my kids would bring into the classroom, which hopefully that ends this year as well, because breakfast in the classroom was not a good idea. Um, But when I, when I saw what they were bringing in, I was like, um, cool. So they're going to have like a big sugar crash during second hour. Awesome. All right, here we go. Moving on. (laughs) So like you want your kids eating those packaged things that they're getting from school or can you give them something a little bit better and more sustainable at home? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not maybe you have like an hour long bus ride and it's not really feasible for them to eat at home and wait that long, or maybe they eat twice. Like my kids, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Mine, mine too. But then we also have to have those conversations. Like she came home, mom, I I had that cereal that has the marshmallows in it. Ah, yes. Awesome. Great. So then talking through, well, how did you feel afterwards? And, Mm -hmm. um, were you able to focus during the day? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Having this conversation and talking about, well, maybe there is there another choice that you could have made that would make you feel better. Um, so thinking through things like that. Um, and I loved that conversation we had with Dr. Sarah about food and how it makes our brains feel. And so I'm gonna start having conversations with her, with Isabel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think it's, you know, if we're not used to talking to ourselves like that as adults, it's going to be harder for us to talk to our kids. So I encourage all of you listening, if you haven't started thinking about your nutrition yet, it, it is time, my friend, (laughs) (laughs) we all need to be better with our nutrition and what we're putting in our bodies, because it's not just what like we look like after we eat it, it's how we feel. And And it is different for every single person. Yep. Every single person. It could be like dairy. That's making you feel gross. It could be gluten. That's making you feel gross, nuts, egg, like Roberta's little guy. But Mm -hmm. anyway, we're, we're going down a big rabbit hole. (laughs) We'll move on to technology. Be another day. All right, so the, the next thing to think through is technology. And as a um, person now who works primarily with students digitally, this has been a big thing. This was a huge thing during the pandemic. And I know for middle schoolers and high schoolers, especially every there's, there's a one-to-one device um, policy in a lot of places. So they either have a device provided for them or you have one at home that they use for papers for using that program, like Ashley talked about for homework, Um, kids use that too. And um, so anyway, technology is not going away Mm -hmm. and we need to have some policies around that at 
uh, home. So one is to know what type of device are they going to be using and do they have one at home? Is the one provided by the school a stay at school or can it come home knowing what that is? But then also um, if it does come home and if they use a device at home for school, it's oh, the biggest thing is losing chargers. I cannot tell you how many times a child has lost a charger and they can't log into their meet because they can't find a charger and they can't get on to the Google and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so there Solve should be chargers. Yeah. So it's coming up with a policy. Where will the charger be? What is, what is going to be your home policy for chargers? Making sure it's charged for the next day. So is there a spot in, the, in your home where devices get charged and that's where they live overnight is on the charger. So they're charged and ready for the next day. But I honestly, thinking like through all of that. I would say that that is the best thing to do. Like I honestly, like if you're just taking my opinion, don't even do anything else, literally have a charger plugged in or multiple chargers for multiple kids, whatever your device goes here at the end of the night before mm-hmm. you go to bed and it goes in your backpack in the morning because a charging as a, station. as a middle and high school teacher, that is our biggest fight all the time is number one, their computer is dead. Mm-hmm. Okay. What am I supposed to do with a dead computer? Now, if you're using these online programs for your coursework, yeah. um, now I have to get you printouts, which is a giant pain in the butt just to get a printout for one kid. And then you have kids leaving devices at home all the time or always leaving their charger. I've always got kids like my computer is dead and I don't have my charger. Where is your right. charger? I don't know. Exactly. The I don't know thing. And sometimes it can be missing for months. Yes. And this could all be solved by literally just here is your charging station. You plug it in before you go to bed. This is a part of your nighttime routine. You put it in your backpack in the morning. That is a part of your morning routine. Boom. Here we go off to school. And I'm not saying like crap doesn't happen and you're maybe missed the alarm one day and you're rushing out the door and you forgot it or whatever. But when you have a kid showing up every single day and that's their excuse every day, it, it means that it helps eliminate it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And of course there are going to be some computers that don't hold a charge all day and they will need to also put the charger in their backpack to be able to charge it at some point during Mm -hmm. the day. But talking with your kids about that, like, do you have a study hall that just every day during study hall, you're charging your device at that time? Like that's the time you do it so that you're not scrambling and needing to stress out about battery level. You -hmm. have a plan so that that issue doesn't happen. Um, and these are things that might seem silly. Like we just kind of automatically, our phone is dead. We put it on a charger, but, um, that logistics wise, that's not always the case for our kids to be able to just stop what they're doing and, uh, and do that unless they know where their charger is. And a lot of kids don't. So just thinking <laughs> through all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for sure, like practice, we are what? If you're in like the Midwest right now, we don't start until after Labor Day. Most of us, I feel like, so we're about a month out from school. So, and I would say at a minimum in a couple weeks, start going through uh, and practicing your routines, uh, making sure that everything is in place. Maybe. And I would say even it depends on your kid, because for me, we're only going to practice once because if we do it more than that, it, I don't know what it is about 
my kids, but then it becomes like annoying and then we have a harder time with it. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's just, it depends hugely on your kids and yourself. And if they're part of like figuring out their routine, like that's kind of practicing too. Um, just like the, the process of writing everything out, but then right going through and practicing and knowing your kids, do you need to do it like for one week? Do you need to do it for a couple of days? Do you need to do it for a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm. Are you going to like make them get up at the specific time or just practice whenever they wake up? Right. Yeah. For us, I, we usually like kind of just pulling their bedtime back a little each night, like, you know, maybe 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, whatever. Um, and then that way when September 6th or I think that's the date that we're going back, uh, it's not so jarring (laughs) and then yeah, just practicing once or twice, depending on your kid. One more thing we wanted to talk about was, uh, your, their bedtime routine and making sure that they're getting enough sleep because this is, you know, we've talked about this before, but this is something you don't really think about, um, you know, like your kids get crabby throughout the day and you're like, Oh my gosh, like what the heck is wrong? And then you start thinking about it. And you're like, Oh, maybe you didn't get enough sleep last night or, or you the know, past couple of nights hungry or whatever. So making sure that they're getting enough sleep. Um, my little guy needs a little bit more sleep than my daughter, but he's going into kindergarten this year. So he's not going to get naps. So, that might be quite an adjustment period for us. He's been getting about 10 right now. I don't know that that's enough for him to make it through the entire day. So ages three to five um, should be getting a minimum of like 10 to 13 hours. Um, That's the recommended anyways, from the national sleep foundation. So three to five, 10 to 13 hours, this could include naps as well. So if your kid is like in that three to four age range and they're still napping, that can include that as well. Six to 13 is about nine to 11 hours of sleep. And especially our middle and high school kiddos. Oh, my Lanta. I hear stories all the time of kids going to sleep at like two, three in the morning. So please, like, please, please, please be vigilant about getting your kids to sleep. It is so hard for them to be Uh, an active learner in school, if they're not getting the appropriate amount of sleep that they need each night. Um, And then going back to like that tech thing really quick, making sure that, you know, those charging stations for their phones, for their computers are not in their room because they will find a way to get onto their phone if they're not sleeping. And it's going to be, it's going to be an issue. Um, That's usually the kids or like their gaming systems. Um, that's usually the kids that I hear staying up till like three in the morning are the kids that are either on their phones or on their gaming systems um, or playing games on their computer. And then, you know, just a little reminder for our age, age 17 to 64, you should be getting seven to nine hours of sleep. And uh, the minimum for us is six hours, but it is highly recommended that you at least get seven. Your, um, you're much more alert and focused and able to like, just do life better with at least seven hours of sleep. And I'd be lying if I told you guys that I got seven hours every night, it is a struggle for me sometimes, uh, just making sure that I get to bed on time. So 
this is just, this is a reminder for myself as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so it's looking at how many hours does your kid need? And maybe they're on the lower end of the you know range. Maybe they're on the higher end of the range, but then it's like Ashley mentioned, it's, it's looking at their entire day and are they cranky pretty consistently at a certain time or are they saying they're tired? Like maybe they are and they really, they need a little bit more sleep. And so it's thinking that through, but, uh, and I know I've had that with my son. We've had less naps this summer because we've just been outside and at the pool and spending a lot of time outside. And then all of a sudden this cranky bear comes out and I was like, oh yeah, we haven't had a nap for like four days in a row. Mm-hmm. So he hasn't been getting enough sleep and it's all coming out now. So uh, thinking about that. And then, so thinking about how many hours of sleep they need, what time they need to wake up and kind of reverse engineering from there, planning a bedtime based on how many hours of sleep they need and uh, reverse engineering the bedtime routine. And then the last thing I want to talk about with bedtime routines, because like I said, like we talked about earlier, we do talk more about this in our dream routines for kids. It is our mini course. It's fantastic. It's short. It's quick. It's full of amazing information and it's really inexpensive. So go ahead over and check that out. But the last thing I want to mention here is to think through ahead of time what you're going to do when those extra things pop up during your day or on nights that kids have extracurricular activities. They have things happening after school and things are running later than normal. How are you gonna condense that bedtime routine so that everything that needs to be done is still getting done, but it's shortening up so you get your kids in bed as soon as you can. Um, And it's just thinking those things out. We We think we'll be able to figure it out as we go and then we get flustered and we are just, we are creatures of habit. And so the more we can think things out ahead of time, the easier and less stressful it's going to be on us and on our kids. Yeah. And I would honestly say like the best thing to do, if everything on your bedtime routine needs to get done every night, probably the best thing to do on those really crazy nights is just like help as much as you can. Mm -hmm. I know we're trying to like get our kids to be independent, but you know, on those really crazy days, they for sure, especially need some help. So like my son, I would be, okay, I'll help you brush your teeth. Okay. I'll help you get ready for bed. And I'll (laughs) even asks me to help him go to the bathroom. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they just need that extra little help just to move things along quicker. So. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And so when, you know, the biggest thing I think to take away from this is that every kid, every family is super different, but as long as you take the time to think through these different topic areas and think through what, what you'll do and what your kid will do, it's going to make life so much easier and practicing it ahead of time, whether that's once or for a couple of weeks or you scaffold it. That's something I don't think we talked about where maybe um, you have a routine that you want in place, but you only start with one of those things. And you do it for a couple of days and then add on another for a couple of days and another and, um, and your kids maybe need it that way. So in like smaller chunks, that's another option too. And, um, just thinking through the difference between our younger kids and our older kids, our older kids, they might not need help necessarily keeping themselves accountable, 
but they probably need help figuring out mm-hmm. all of these little details that might not be obvious that we need to think through. Yeah, and and one other thing too, like whatever plan you come up with, I would make sure that you are communicating. I know anytime something has failed in my family in the past, it's usually because I'm like, wow, this is a great plan. And then I start implementing and I didn't communicate it with anybody. So then everybody is all on different pages and I'm kind of the queen of um, miscommunication. Um, (laughs) So just making sure that you are talking through it with your kids um, or even just like they're helping you with it. They're helping you make your routine so that everybody is on the same page. Um, And, you know, communicating with your husband, Hey, I need you to help with breakfast in the morning. And what does help mean? Don't just say, I need you to help, like specifically tell them, okay, they're going to have bagels in the morning. They want, um, butter on them and then put like wash some fruit that's in the fridge and put it on the table for them. What does help mean? Because oftentimes we ask for things, but we're not specific about it. And then we get frustrated because we didn't communicate it well. So that's just my other extra little tidbit here. Whatever you're doing, if you are the queen of miscommunication like me, make sure you're communicating. It makes everything run so much smoother. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And make a plan and then give yourself some grace when yeah you can't follow the plan for whatever reason but having having a routine and having this all in place as a baseline is going to be helpful overall even if you don't get every little teeny thing done um and not beating ourselves up when we don't get everything done that's Mm -hmm. huge that's not the point that's not supposed to be something else to be negative about ourselves. Like, oh, great. We didn't do this. Blah, blah, blah. We forgot this part of the routine today. Like that's definitely the last, the last thing we should be doing. It's giving ourselves some grace and trying again tomorrow. You can hear my son singing. Yeah. So funny little anecdote here, you know, the song is, has whatever words I don't even know now because he's changed them, but in his nap time yesterday, we put him down early because we knew family was coming. And um, we hear him belting out, why are you leaving me alone? <laughs> in the Frozen 2 like song. Like, why are we leaving him alone to take a nap? And he was like making up his own words about not wanting to take a nap, but using the Frozen 2 song. He's three, by the way. It's so funny. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great ending to the the podcast. So thank you, everybody. We are so grateful. Go head over to the dream routine for kids. If you are wanting to put together a chart or a PowerPoint or whatever, um, we will put the link down below and um, yeah, get, get those kiddos ready for that naughty, naughty S word. (laughs) Say in our house. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah, see you next week. We want to thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to us chat about healthy family living. We would love to hear your thoughts or any ideas you have for future episodes. So feel free to message us at the teacher mamas podcast at gmail.com. 
or the Teacher Mamas podcast on Instagram. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave a quick rating or review on whatever platform you're listening from. If something really stood out to you today, don't forget to share it with someone else in your life that might need to hear it too. Spread the word. Please don't forget to share with your online community and tag us. For more positivity and inspiration on how we navigate life and the things we do on a daily basis to stay sane in the crazy, don't forget to go follow each of us on Instagram. Check the show notes for our handles.